number. They're not massive in number, but they are there. And they're unexplainable as far as physical, medical science goes. And so as we were talking, I was sharing with them the fact that what happens really in, in these sites is something very simple. And it's very similar to what Jesus did when he healed the sick and, and, and raised people from the dead, if you will. It was, it's a simple process. If you go to a site such as Lourdes and you're suffering an, an affliction, that illness, that disturbance in the body is a karmic pattern that is living itself out. And like everything in this creation, it has a timeline. It has a beginning point and an end point. And when it ends, it ends. It comes to completion. So when our karmic patterns come to an end, it's up to us to let go of them. Now, if there are mental karmas or emotional karmas or imaginational karmas, oftentimes then we begin to see our, our thoughts changing, our emotions changing, how we act and react in the world, and our imagination changing. We begin to imagine things differently than we have before. We see things in a different way. But when it comes to our physical karma, oftentimes our physical karmas cause physical discomforts or illnesses or imbalances. And we believe those to be sometimes permanent, when really it's karmic and it's not necessarily permanent. And for some people that have physical karmas and the karma is done, one day they just wake up and they're healed and they don't know why. For others, they need a reason to let go of it. They need something to spark them to let go of their physical karma, to help them release it. And so by going to Lourdes and putting forth their belief, their love, their faith, forward as they go into that place, the physical karma can drop away because they have now given it permission to drop away. Now, they could have stayed home and done the same thing. They could have put forth their faith and their loving and their belief, and they could have just let the karma drop away. And they could have had the same spontaneous healing that they had at Lourdes or at other places. <coughs> but they needed that extra stimulation, that stimulus by which to let go. And so that's why at certain places like this, that's happened. And it's just how Jesus worked when he did the healings. When he was walking through the crowds, he didn't heal everybody. He healed a few. And it's those few that you hear the stories of. You don't hear that Jesus healed the masses. Now, he fed 5,000 fishes and loaves, but he didn't heal 5,000, even though I'm sure all 5,000 of those people had something that if he would, they would be glad to have him heal. Even if it was just a hangnail, he would have, they would have been glad to have that healed. But Jesus went and healed those whose karmas had been complete, and they hadn't been willing to let go of it. They couldn't believe that they were worthy or didn't know how to let go of their karmic pattern illness. And so Jesus came up and said, you're forgiven. You are healed. It's done. Rise up and walk. And in that moment, he gave them the faith. He gave them the belief. He gave them the inspiration to let go of the karma to let go of the belief of the illness and to stand up in something new and different and vital other than what they had been living in before. And so that's why those people were healed because he went in and said, your karma's done. Let it go. Don't do this anymore because it's done. And so it is with us. Each of us here are walking through our karmas. But many of us are still carrying the karmic burden around with us 
that maybe we completed three, four, five years ago. But we're still carrying it around as though it's still here. It's still ours to do. And yet there's something inside of us that says, well, you know, I know I'm really done with this, but I don't know how to let go of it. I can't, I can't seem to let go of it. And I would say this. It's a matter of being willing to just believe. Be willing to let go. Be willing to go inside and just give it all to God. And one way to do that, and this is how I've done it for years, is I just inside visualize my hands together. And then I place in my hands whatever is going on in my life. It may be heartburn. Or it may be an emotional upset. Or it may be a mental thing that is just really bugging me about myself or that somebody gave me that I don't want anymore. And I just place it in my hands and then I just raise it to God. And I say, God, this is yours. I don't know what to do with this, so I give it to you now. And then I open my hands up in praise and in receiving to allow God to come in. I know that if I raise it up, God will take it. So I'm not going to open my hands up and it's going to fall back on me. I know that. So I open my hands up and then I allow God's blessings to come in and to fill all those areas up that I have just emptied. All those things that I took out of myself or out of my consciousness that others have placed on me, that I've placed now in my hands and raised up, I now let the loving of God come in and fill those places and to restore me and to renew me and to replenish me so that I stay more whole and balanced and healthy. Now, that doesn't mean that every physical affliction is going to go away. There are some things that are lifelong patterns, lifelong karmas that are here for us to have. And for some of us, they started at birth and they end at the last breath. They start at the first breath and end at the last breath. And that's just how that karmic pattern is going to be lived. And for others, it is a pattern that starts at the age of 10 or 20 or 30, and it will have a lifetime unto the end. And then it is for us in that living of it to learn from that lesson to learn from that experience, to not judge it, not to fear it, not to see it as a curse on us or what did I do wrong, but rather, what can you teach me? Speak to me, share with me, what is this all about? And for me, a lot of times, when there's something present like that, or when I'm with somebody else who has something that's more of a lifelong condition, I look and I see so many different things about the quality of that karma. But it's always, at the very seat of it all, it's saying, I'm undiscovered love. And I'm here that they might discover love. True love. Love of the divine. And then all around that thread of love that is yet to be discovered in this are woven like a rope or the threads of a, of a rope, all these different things. Some of them are responsibility. Some of them are avoidance. It's just all these different qualities. And it's for the individual then to begin to look and see how they can handle all these things that have been spun around the love that keeps this person from seeing the loving in this lesson. If they will go and begin to, in a sense, tear the rope apart, and say, oh, well, this threads ignorance, and this threads judgment, and this threads fear, and then to begin to handle them, all of a sudden the loving will automatically reveal itself because now you're taking responsibility for all those qualities that created the karma in the first place, the illness, the disturbance, whatever it might be. Does that make sense? So, as I was sitting here in meditation, I was thinking about my brother, and I was thinking about his illnesses and his physical problems and challenges in life and all that he went through the last 
130 years of his life. And I remember towards the end of his life, me trying to convince him to do it differently, to get a different attitude, to do a different action, and to change his life, and try to help him to bring those karmas to a close. And the realization that one day Spirit said, Jim, let him live his karmas. Leave him alone. <laughs> you know, let him live his karmas out to the end. He's chosen to make these a lifelong event. Let it be that way. Stop trying to do something different for him and with him. Accept him for how he is. Accept that these are lifelong karmas, the way he's chosen to live them, and let it be that way. And as I did, our relationship changed, and it was within just a few months that he was able to leave his body and not have to deal with those karmas anymore because they were finally done. And that's what often happens. When we can't see beyond our karmas, or we do not create opportunities beyond our karmic pattern, and the karmas do come to an end, remember I said the karma has the beginning and an end? Well, when those karmas, some of those karmas come to an end, there are some of us that immediately think, well, that's it, goodbye folks, and we leave too. When the karma dies, we die. The physical body dies. The spirit doesn't die, but the body dies. Because it has a belief system that when that karmic pattern ends, well, then I end. Have you ever known anybody who worked really hard all their life? I mean, they were workaholics, and they worked and worked and worked and worked, and they worked into their 60s, they worked into their 70s, and then they decided to retire. They said, okay, I've worked hard enough, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to play. They retire, and two days later they drop dead of a heart attack. To the surprise of everybody, he had a healthy heart, and he was so happy, and he was fulfilling so much. Well, part of his karmic pattern was this workaholic addiction. And he had not given himself a vision beyond it. So he lived the karma to the end, and when the karma came to an end, he immediately responded to that and said, well, I'm going to retire. Well, little did everybody know where he was retiring to. <laughs> he went to the big fishing pond in the sky, <laughs> not the little one. So that's often how it happens. And it's an interesting process to watch that in people's lives. Now, when we're walking a spiritual path, it can be very different. It can be very, very different. Because the spiritual path offers this opportunity to truly wake up in the soul, into the divine, and to begin to travel beyond the soul into the realms of spirit and right up into the heart of God. In that, it offers us the opportunity to see the ends of karmas come in our lives. And it gives us the opportunity to let them go. To let them go and to walk in a new pattern, in a new way, in a new life order. But still stay in this body. <coughs> so that we can continue doing our meditation. We can continue to go inside and connect with our own soul and to travel in the inner regions, and to get just as high, as high as we can. So that when we do finally leave the physical body, we truly do not have to come back into this physical creation again, unless God directs us here. But no longer will the karmas call us back here, because we will have risen above the call that they can reach to in creation. And so... On a spiritual path, we have a unique opportunity to not just handle our karmas while we have our eyes open and to bring them to a close by handling them differently. We also have an opportunity to handle them while we have our eyes closed in our meditation. And by living in that audible life stream, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the action of grace, and allowing that grace to move in us and through us and around us, the grace begins to create a frequency of vibration in our own consciousness, physically, 
all the way up into our soul. And things begin to shake loose and drop away because the grace begins to shake it loose. And it's up to us then to let it go. I can remember there's been many a time in my meditation or in the world where all of a sudden I can see a karmic pattern beginning to float away or lift away from me. And I still watch myself do this today, even though I know not to. But there's just an automatic response at some level of the physical consciousness. Physical, emotional, mental, I don't know what level it really is at. I think it's different at different times. But there's a part of me that when it watches it float up, I, I, I reach up trying to grab it to get, well, where are you going? It's just an automatic response. And I think that we all do that. We are so familiar with this pattern. We're so comfortable with it. We hate it, but, you know, what are we going to do without it? That's a part of me. I know myself in that. And now it's leaving. Who am I? What am I? And so there is this automatic response to just say, oh, no, no, don't, don't go away. Come back. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, God, will allow us to pull our karmas back to us again if we want to. You know, God is willing, but we also have to be willing. God doesn't force or impose his will on anybody. But God will be with us in the doing if we will allow it. And that's an important awareness. God does not impose himself upon us. He does not impose. He invites he participates when we ask him to, when we give a place where he can participate with us. He will participate. But he never imposes. And he will never demand or command us. He will direct us. He will guide us. He will participate with us. And so it is in our meditation. We are making ourselves vulnerable and inviting God in. And we're saying, here I am, Lord, as I chant your name and build the power of the name up inside of me, I invite you in. Let you be that power that builds inside of me. And when that power builds up inside of you, that's the ringing radiance, the audible life stream, which is the grace of God. And when that grace begins to fill you, there's no room for all this other stuff. And so it begins to move out. It begins to move away. And if we're smart, we'll just let it continue moving on. If we're smart. Don't be like me where you grab it and try to pull it back. I did that once. I know now, I catch myself and I try not to hold, you know, actually get it. But I pulled one of my karmas back one time as it was leaving, and it was so funny because I heard a spiritual teacher go, uh-oh. <laughs> if you ever hear an uh-oh <laughs> on the inner levels, you'll know. <laughs> but I heard an uh-oh, and I looked, and I said, what, what? And he said, what do you have in your hand? And I said, well, I don't know. I just, oh, no. <laughs> and he said, no, no, that's an uh-oh, not an oh, no. <laughs> And so I had to, to deal with it again. And it took several months before I was finally able to release the frequency of it again and let it go. And I can remember so much watching it lift. And there was still this part of me that wasn't ready to let go of it. And I remember watching it, and I just kept telling myself, no, 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 it's got to go, it's got to go. Because I was just struggling not to reach for it again. So... In this pathway, we can witness our karmas drop off. We can witness them coming to an end, to a close. And then it is up to us not to choose into pulling them back or to continue trying to live the pattern even though it's dead, but look to see how to live anew, how to relive a new life. It's new. You're reborn in a sense in that moment because the karma is done in that way you are born again. That which was 
uh, infecting you, afflicting you, disturbing you, causing you pain or disturbance or whatever is gone. It's now up to you to choose how to live differently in your life and let it really be gone. So in this path, Spirit offers grace to many people to live an opportunity beyond their karmas, to live a lifetime where they can truly focus on their meditation and to begin to truly live a liberated life. Now, what does liberated really mean? This is a path of soul transcendence. A path of soul transcendence means that you're going to transcend soul. This isn't just a path of getting to soul and waking up in soul. This is a path of getting to soul, waking up in soul, and then getting above the soul, transcending soul into the realms of spirit and anchoring yourself in the realms of spirit. That your consciousness, your awareness, your spiritual being lives and dwells in the realm of spirit, can come down into the realm of soul, into the realms of this creation and experience here, but it knows where its true home is, which is in spirit now. You are now soul transcendent. And when that day comes that you do leave the physical body for the last time, and you do travel once again into those realms of spirit where you have transcended soul, where you have anchored yourself in the realm of spirit on your way into the heart of God, you can look down and you can still see those karmas of other lifetimes that you haven't even dealt with yet in the physical and other karmas of other levels reaching up to you, calling to you. Right, come back. You haven't taken care of us yet. What about us? And you can look down and you might see a little glimmer of energy, but you won't even know what it is. You won't feel it. You won't hear it. You won't really respond to it. It won't be able to pull you back. <clears throat> and that's what this path is about. And the opportunity is for us to do our meditation every day, every day as long as we're in the physical body, so that we can get higher and higher and higher, so that we do anchor ourselves soul transcendently, transcend the soul, and be truly liberated from this creation so that we can't be called back down here again. And then we can just continue our journey back into the heart of God freely. So, maybe in this lifetime you can look back and see where certain karmic patterns have come to an end. One way to do that is look in your lifetime when you were a teenager, when you fell in love with someone, you were in this great romantic swirl of energy, this loving, loving, needy presence inside of you with another person. And then all of a sudden something happened and it stopped for them or it stopped for you. And all of a sudden there was this one over here. No, now it's over here. Now, why did it leave this person and go over there? I don't know, but now it's in this person. So now I'm going to do it over here. We follow those patterns, and each time a relationship ends, it's really the end of a karmic pattern. It's a closure and an opportunity to move forward and learn more. That's in relationships, and that's in careers. Have you ever been fired from your job? <coughs> what happened? What happened that all of a sudden, the day before, you were needed and wanted and they liked you and then all of a sudden today, hey, get out of here. I mean, get out of here now. We don't want to ever see you again. And you're going, what happened? What happened? The karma's ended. You know, I have my story of the time I got fired from the art galleries that I was managing. And I'd been there for nine years. And two years before, about seven seven-year mark, Spirit came to me in meditation one day and said, Jim, quit your job. You've got to leave as soon as you can, now. 
And I said, why? They said, the karma's done. You've completed everything you needed to do with the people there. Get out now before you create more karma. And I said, wait a minute. I've been working here for seven years. I'm now manager of these three galleries. I'm making good money. I get commission off the sales I make, and I get a percentage off of everybody else's sales. Can, can you see how much money I make? Do you know how much I'm going to make if I leave this job and start all over again? You know, can you see the bills I'm paying off here? You know, I'm not going to quit this job. And I said, but you've got to. You're going to create more karma, and you're going to be indebted to these people again. You've got to leave now. Well, I didn't. So for the next two years, every once in a while, one of the teachers would come in and go, Jim. And I go, yes, but no, <laughs> because I just didn't want to go without the money. Until finally one day in my ninth year of working there, the son, the owner's son, called me into his office and said, you know, it was Monday morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, and he never got there at 7, but he was there at 7, and I thought, well, something's up. And he said, you're fired, and uh, we want you to leave as soon as you can. You know, just pack up your stuff and leave before we open. And I sat there for a minute, and I said, I, just, I kind of got a smile on my face. I said, thank you. And he looked at me, he says, no, I didn't say you're getting a raise. I said, you're fired. Get out of here now. Go. <laughs> And I went, I know, I know, thank you very much for doing this. And he looked at me and he said, you are crazy. <laughs> but inside I was thanking him because he was doing what I couldn't do. <laughs> I needed to get out of there, but I wouldn't do it. So Spirit rearranged it so I had to leave. I had no choice because they weren't going to allow me to stay in there and create more karma. So oftentimes when we're fired, it really is that the, the karma has ended, the energy of attraction has come to a close, and all of a sudden you're not attractive to your boss anymore. You aren't needed. You aren't wanted. You just don't belong here now. Frequency-wise, you feel terrible to them, and they've just got to get rid of you. And they may not even know why, but they just know you've got to go. Yeah, you're making us a lot of money. We really appreciate having you here. You're a lot of fun, but get out of here. And it's just because of that frequency change. All of a sudden, you're singing opera, and they're doing rap. And it just doesn't fit. And so you've got to get out of here because they want to do their rap, and all you're doing is opera. And so they have you leave. And then you've got to go and find out where you fit in next. And that's in relationships in the world, both our friendships, in marriage, with our children, with all of life. We see frequencies change. We see karmas coming to an end. And yet, what do we do? We struggle like I did to stay on. We struggle, well, this is so good. I just like this so much. I'm making so much money. I like the power. I like the authority or whatever it is. And we just hang in there. And we keep trying to pull the person or the situation back into our lives. What, what, what do you mean you're moving to California? No, you can't. You're my daughter. You've got to stay here. You know, I need you. You need me. What are you going to do without me? I've been living your life for you. Who's going to do your laundry for you? And we've got to let go of those things that come to an end. When it's done, it's done. And all of us, at some time or another, find that it does come to an end, and then we struggle. We struggle. We fight to hold on. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> You know, I've seen that so many times in relationships. When a husband and wife, they know the relationship is done, but they just can't bring it to a close. And they live together for days, weeks, months, years, struggling, trying to make it work. And all the time, it's done. 
And they both really have gone separate ways, but they're together. And then one day, something happens. One of them wakes up and goes, you know, it really is done. I'm out of here. And they're gone. I've seen that in my own life, and I've seen that in the life of, of others around me. My brother, you know, my brother's going to pick on me someday so, so well. Because <laughs> I pick on him, I guess I'm always pointing to him. But I learned a lot from watching him. He was married in a wonderful relationship. They had a son, and they were very happy together. They did everything together. They enjoyed their life together. And then one day, she woke up, and she didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. And she just said, it's done. And he couldn't understand it. There was no warning. There was no clarity. And he was upset, and he struggled, and he fought, and tried to win her back, and tried to get her to go to counseling. And it was done in her, and it was complete. The karma was done, and there was just no reason to be there. But for him, the karma wasn't done, and there was a lot of reason to be there. Well, I got the divorce, and my brother moved uh, out of state, moved somewhere else, and started a relationship with a lady. And it turned out that this woman that he was in a relationship with was identical, almost identical in looks, and definitely identical in, in frequency in her manner and her way and her beliefs to his former wife. And they lived in a relationship. They didn't get married for a while. And all of a sudden, in my brother, it came to a close. And he realized he didn't want to be with her anymore. He didn't need to be there. And he brought the relationship to a close. And that was it. And what had happened was, my brother had certain lessons to learn from his wife. And she had learned certain lessons to learn from him. We are each teachers and students with each other. And it's up to each of us to see that. And to take advantage of that energy and that opportunity with each other. Well, my sister-in-law was learning from my brother much more than my brother was learning from my sister-in-law, his wife. And so when it was complete for her, it wasn't complete for him. And he still had these lessons to be learned, to be experienced. And so he went out in the world and found a like energy, another teacher of like frequency, and was drawn to her. And she was drawn to him because he had the frequency of learning that she had in her to learn. And so they were drawn together. And while they were together, my brother completed the karmic patterns, the unlearned lessons that he needed to learn from this frequency that this woman held that was similar to his, his wife's. And when they were done, they were done. Does that make sense? Can you see that in your life? You know, if you can see that, then I would say, let it be easier if you've had a judgment against your spouse, let it be easier now to look and say, hey, thank you. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for the loving. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for the completion. And let go of the judgments. Let go of, of whatever that is that's running you maybe inside still with them. Let go of that and honor what took place there and honor the completion that took place and then move forward, move on. And if you ever have an opportunity to heal whatever didn't get healed at that separation point with them verbally, outwardly, and you want to, do it as well. But definitely do it inside if it isn't done already and bring it to a close. It was very interesting because my brother never really understood me that well until... It was my mother, my father, my, my brother. They never really understood me in the physical. But once they got on the other side, they'd go, Oh, I get it. <laughs> but my brother came to me one time after this happened with this relationship where all of a sudden his karmic pattern ended and he brought it to a close. And I tried to explain a little bit of this to him, but I knew I didn't get it across. And he came to me and he says, You know what? I figured something out. And he started talking it in his own terms. And I realized 
that what I had said probably didn't really go in very deep, but somehow a seed was planted and he put the pieces together himself. And he had figured out a very spiritual teaching about frequency and karma. He put it in his own terms, but it was very wonderful to listen to him have that unfold in him that way and him come clear. And all of a sudden he was able to turn to his wife, his former wife, and loving and heal what he hadn't been able to heal before. And they became quite good friends uh, in, in the years later. So, what is this all about that I'm talking about tonight? Where is this going? Why am I sharing this with you? Part of the reason I'm sharing this with you is because some of this is information that is important to have. It's important so that we can begin to live our spiritual life fully on all levels. Oftentimes we think that living life spiritually means that it's having to do with the soul and the spiritual planes and then all the other is physical and we deal with the physical physically. But really and truly, once we begin to walk a spiritual life, all of it is spiritualized. All of it is spiritual. And it's up to us to begin to see the spirit in all levels of creation and how it lives itself out and how it demonstrates to us and how we can participate with it in a spiritual way. And so I'm sharing these things with you that you might begin to see more how your life is a spiritual life and how you are living it right now and how you have been living it even though you may haven't realized it. Back when you were 16, 17, 18 years old and you were in love and your lover was walking away from you because they didn't need you anymore, they didn't want you anymore. Now maybe you can look at it and go, oh, I get it. Or maybe you can see now why all of a sudden you changed your attitude towards somebody and moved on. You don't know why. And that's an interesting place to look at for a moment. Because you didn't know why, you couldn't really explain it to them. And so you were giving them an answer that really wasn't complete, or they were giving you an answer that really wasn't complete. And it left you kind of bewildered, or left them kind of bewildered. Does that make sense? Do you, can you relate to that? But if you can look at it now and go, oh, I get it, I understand it, you can then also go back in your consciousness right now and forgive the bewilderment, and forgive whatever took place between you and them right now. You can forgive it, and discharge that energy. Whatever might still lie there, you can discharge it. It can be completed. And truly the karmic pattern that that person held with you and for you to learn now is complete. Now it is done. And it isn't done until you discharge all the energy. If you don't discharge all the energy, that little bit of energy that is left can be the one thing that calls you back after you leave here physically, I mean spiritually, after you leave the physical. It could be that little moment when you were 17 years old where you still hold an energy of karmic incompletion, of judgment, of fear, of wonder, of doubt, of disbelief, of anger, or whatever. It could be that little thing that pulls you back down. So I'm sharing these things with you tonight so you can begin to look and see there's a meaning to everything in life and there's a rhythm and a flow to this whole pattern of life. And it's all just perfect. Even though we can't see it necessarily when it's happening, we can't see the perfection and therefore we go into reaction because we can't see the perfection. It's really all perfect. And if we can look at it, past or present, and let it come neutral now, then that will not be something in the future that can call us back. Now, it doesn't mean that it's just going to call you back after you leave the physical body for the last time if you haven't anchored yourself in the soul plane and pull you back down. But right now, 
while you're living in this body, such as I am at the age of 55 in this body, there are still things in my life, in this lifetime, that are still back in the past, that are still calling on me, still tugging on me. Well, what about me? When are we going to do this? When are we going to get this complete? You know, you haven't forgiven this yet. Well, what about this idea? You, you said you were going to do this and you haven't done it. When are you going to do it? And as long as I have those things pulling on me this way, it's hard for me to truly have full momentum going forward because there's always this thing pulling me backward. And if I'm not careful, there's also this thing that's causing me to look backward and not look forward to where I'm going now. And we all have that. We all have memories, beliefs, things pulling us, calling us back. And it's up to us to go back into those places and just love them, release them, neutralize them. Neutrality is the key. To be neutral to all things. To be neutral in all of life. So that when we leave here, we leave as a neutral charge. Not as a positive or negative, nor attracted back into the positive or negative charge. We are attracted to the loving that is neutrality. And we then live in that neutrality. We hold in that neutrality. So, don't think about this as just something that is in the future for soul transcendence. It's about right now. If you want to be a success right now, and you're not, it may be that all your success is locked up in the past back here somewhere where you said, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be this, and I'm going to get this done. And so, you took all your success energy and you planted it in all these different things back here. These imaginations, these beliefs, these wants, these needs. And you put your success back there and your success is still back there waiting for it to be successful. To be fulfilled. Well, why not go back there and reclaim all that success energy? And say, you know, I'm not going to write that book. I'm not going to marry that lady that I said I was going to marry when I was 18 years old. I'm not going to be this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call that done, and I'm going to reclaim all of that that I placed back there and put on hold. I'm going to reclaim all that creativity, that creative, imaginational, mental, emotional energy. And I'm going to come forward with it and do something with it now. And that's your empowerment. That's how you can empower yourself to succeed, to fulfill, to be now. Stop living in the past. Live in the now. Let go of the past and bring everything present to the now that is still alive to be lived now. And then you will find your life to be one that is fulfilled and joyful and you will have gratitude for the life that you're living. You won't have the remorse of well, you know, I was going to be this, you know, and I'm not. And I was going to do this, and I'm not. And I was going to have this in my life, and I don't. And I was going to marry this person, and I didn't. And those are all these things that, that just leave us unfulfilled. And feeling remorseful, regretful, whatever. Call it done. Call it complete. Reclaim your authority. Reclaim your life force. And live your life right now. So does that all make sense? It's kind of a, it's not a, a high teaching in the sense of talking about the spiritual realms. It's talking about life. It's talking about how we live life here. And this is a spiritual life. It may be in a physical body, but it's the spirit living in the physical body. And it's up to us to begin to be responsible to that spirit that's living in this body and to really live it rather than living the physical body. Oftentimes, we are following after this physical body. The physical, the imaginational, the emotional, and the mental, they run us. You know, there's a saying, 
that the flesh is strong, and the, 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 the spirit is strong. What is it? The flesh is weak and the spirit is strong. And the spirit is strong in spirit. But in the physical world, it is weak. It has no power over the physical until the physical allows it. And so at this level, the spirit isn't the strong until the physical gives authority, gives up to the spirit, and allows the spirit to have dominance here. So the spirit wants to fulfill itself, but the body says, no, I want more chocolate cake. You don't need the spirit right now. You're not going to meditate. We're going to go out, and we're going to eat a big dinner, and then we're going to have chocolate cake. Because my mom said, you can't have chocolate cake until you eat a big dinner and finish it. So that's how you have to do it, right? Well, not necessarily. You could now begin to do it differently. And that is to let the spirit be that which is first. And it's letting the physical body know that. So every time we sit down and we meditate, the physical body goes, uh-oh, they're not paying attention to me. They're not doing what I want. You know, I want another cup of coffee. Come on, let's go get a cup of coffee. I need some caffeine in here. Or whatever the body says. And eventually the body starts realizing that something has authority. And that something is the spirit. It's now having dominion. Now the spirit is strong and has dominion over the flesh. But at first, throughout all the different incarnations up to this point, the soul has followed the body. The body wants to go somewhere. Well, here I go. Here we go again. We're doing it again. Oh, my God. How many lifetimes have we done this? Well, I guess we're going to do it again. You know, I've learned the lesson, but I don't think I've learned it down there yet. So maybe I can claim the lesson learned this time. Eventually it happens. Look and see in your life, this lifetime, it's happening. Many are called, but few are chosen. There are few here compared to the many in the world. It's only because there are many in the world that have not yet come awake to that opportunity to choose into spirit, to choose into change, to choose into the opportunity of the grace. But you have chosen, and that's why you're here. And that's why you keep coming back. Because that part of you that is choosing to God chooses to come here because in some way this reminds you of who you really are. This inspires you to keep going inside, to keep waking up inside. This gives you the faith that if you haven't had an inner experience yet to confirm that this is true, it gives you the faith to know that it's true, to believe that it's true, and to keep in that believing and in that faithing to do the practice until it comes alive in you yourself through experience we know. And then we will follow our experience. And nobody can take that experience away from us. And somewhere in your life, this lifetime, you've had an experience or you wouldn't be sitting here. Now, it may not be a huge experience of spiritual profound illumination, but it's an experience of something that has inspired you to keep coming here or to keep going inside. And that's what Brian and I are here to assist you in, is to keep that faith alive, if you will, to keep inspired and to keep inspiring you to go inside. That's where it all is. The kingdom of heaven is within. It's not in any book or any building or any person. It's in you. It's inside. And the only way you can get there is to sit down and go inside through meditation and connect back into your own truth. 
that is the only way out is to go in. And so go inside and find your way out. Find your way out of the physical body. Find your way out of this physical creation and back into the realms of soul. But guess what? You don't really have to find your way out. All you have to do is be vulnerable to the movement of spirit. And that movement of spirit will take you out. That sound current that lives in us and around us all the time is a river of love that is ever moving in us and through us. And if we will just get into that river of love and move in the current, it will take us. We do not have to do it. It will take us through the body, out of the body, through the physical creations, and into the realms of spirit. We just have to let ourselves go into that flow and release, relax, and go. Not sit there and try to figure it all out and try to struggle our way through something. But just be here in loving and let God do the rest. Let God do the rest. And then we pay attention. We pay attention to see if a light comes present or if a sound comes present or if we feel ourselves being pulled upward on this river of love. And we follow that light. We follow the sound. We go with the flow. And we find ourselves moving freely, effortlessly. And we find ourselves now in the hands of God. And God is lifting us back unto himself, back from which we came. It's that simple. It's that easy. It's that quiet. And so when you sit down in meditation, if you find that things are not happening, begin to imagine it. Make it up a little bit. Begin to believe it happening. And it will. There's a technique about how to get out of body. And I'll teach it to you next week. <laughs> I just realized it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> That'll get you back. <laughs> To be continued. <laughs> so next week, if I don't remember, remind me, and I will teach that technique to you. Because they brought it in, and then all of a sudden they pulled it up, and I went, oh, it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> so it's just like the TV. We'll continue next week. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all, and God bless, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Story.